0: And if you're using one of the Bibles in front of you, you'll find that on page 78. As you're finding your way there, let me just remind you of what we've been doing as we've walked through uh, the commandments 1 to 4 so far. We're very much reading through these and inviting us, with the aim of inviting us to, in a sense, look in them as in a mirror. For what we see with God's law in the Ten Commandments is that they show us indeed where we are falling short of the 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 standard that God has set for us and has called on people to live Uh, and we are looking at ourselves in a mirror uh, and so acknowledging I hope when we see our fallenness which we all have and all experience that we find our way to the Savior Jesus Christ very much what we're looking to do and uh, as we Uh, come to God's word uh, as we come to read just this verse 12 of Exodus 20 let me just lead us uh, in prayer father we know as your word says that this word is living and active that it is sharper than any double-edged sword that it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow judging the thoughts and attitudes of the heart nothing can be concealed from you you see all things everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account lord we pray that as we gaze into the mirror of this fifth commandment tonight you would indeed pierce our hearts show us our need for you in jesus name Amen. Well, one verse. Exodus 20, verse 12. God's word says, Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Short verse, not necessarily a short sermon. (laughs) You giggle you ever seen those Kleenex adverts where you've got this, this group of businessmen standing around and they're getting a pep talk and you just think, Oh, this is interesting, someone from Kleenex is trying to tell these people what to do and then the camera kind of zooms around the side of these, these group of, very, they look very esteemed and very respectable people and, to turn around, and then behind them there's a toddler in a suit, like one and a half years old throwing them this triple velvet toilet roll saying right guys here's what we're going to do this is the best product yet i want you to do this i want you to do that and just start dishing out the orders have you seen that it's rather disturbing in some sense it's odd and i think it's odd because it kind of grates a little bit with us i mean it's strange to see a child in charge of apparently in charge of a firm don't really know what the point of it is but hey for me it just communicates strange concept okay strange concept strange concept in employment absolutely but also for me a strange concept even in family life no wonder how transferable this is often I, I don't know if you've seen this for yourself that it's a strange concept in family life when we see children taking authority Taking a lead, dishing out orders, etc., dishonouring parents, assuming authority, and indeed self-rule—it's an interesting mentality. I don't think it's necessarily a new thing. I think it's part and parcel of something of a of an innate rebellion and uh, rebelliousness in each of our lives. I mean, I suppose many of you will have heard of Pink Floyd. Many of you will have heard of their song, which goes, "We don't need no education." Well, by the sense of your grammar, it sounds like you do. In some respects, we don't need no thought control. Oi, teachers leave those kids alone. Well, that's troublesome. What I'm trying to communicate here, just just I hope you're sensing just some of the ill feeling towards us. It's not something's not quite right. And what I want to say in presenting to you the Bible's view is just that it presents a very stark contrast to that a different view of family and a different view of authority from any of those representations i've mentioned the bible really straightforwardly presents a model of the family in which parents possess an authority over their children that it's a non-negotiable and essential part of the health and happiness of the family okay hope that's clear The faithful parent, in other words, is one who rightly, and i stress the word rightly, respects and fulfills that authority. And the faithful son or daughter is one who rightly respects and honors their parents and indeed their authority. It's, It's key, it's fundamental to God's plan, it's fundamental really to our society. Any decent sociologist will tell you what I'm telling you this evening, no matter what the many liberal voices say in their objection, the family is an, un- an indispensable uh, is indispensable to a stable society, and within the family, parental authority, when used and not abused, it's invaluable in equipping a child and in contributing to the furtherance indeed and the continuance of the stability of society. What I want us to see The Bible presents essentially the family unit As central to God's plan Because the family indeed Is in God's eyes and in God's view The training ground for all of life I think this is what we're seeing here In these Ten Commandments Let's never ever forget the context of these God has heard his people Israel Enslaved in Egypt Crying out They've been desperately oppressed Wrongful use of authority right there Okay Okay What he has done is he has, through the mediator Moses, saved them. He's taken them through the Red Sea. He's granted them the salvation. He brings them to this mountain called Sinai, already providing for their needs with heavenly bread and miraculous water. And comes to this point and saying, okay, here's how I want you to live. You're going to be my treasured possession. Now, that's the way a father acts towards his children. In Exodus 19, he says, you're going to be my treasured possession. You're going to be a holy people. You're going to be set apart to look just like me. Resembling the family likeness, if you like, in character. And he's showing them the right way to act as a father. And he's saying this is fundamental for you. You're a people who are about to go on and inherit a land. You're going to be a people. You're going to become a nation. This is important. The first four commandments are very specifically looking at, okay, how do we relate to God and the first thing that God does when we kind of zone out from this vertical dimension and look at the horizontal dimension of the Ten Commandments is start with the family. This is how important this is. And I say that because we're often prone to think, oh, honor your father and mother. Sure, it's part and parcel of being a child, isn't it? To be disobedient, you know? We're just part of our parent sanctification, we sometimes think. But this this is serious though. Let me show you just how serious. Turn over to Romans 1. We've been here a couple of times in our series actually. In Romans 1 we see the seriousness of this. What you see in uh, in Romans 1 is Paul describing what is essentially a self-indulgent society which is going down the drain. It's not looking good for them. Uh, uh, And as we read this don't just listen for a description of society back then try and see if you think this describes how our society in which we're living just now so look at from verse 18 to 27 okay the apostle Paul explains how wicked people turn their backs on God to worship idols of sex and self and it basically in so doing break the first four commandments now look at verse 29 to 31 Paul is saying that the people of this society have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity, full of murder, strife, deceit, malice. He goes on. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. And now listen, right in the middle of all of that, what do you see? They disobey their parent and you think wow that's included in there how can Paul slot that in with all those other things I mean I can understand the malice and the murder and the hating of God contributing to the evil in a society but disobeying parents has dropped into such a dreadful list yeah that's how serious God is about this back over to Exodus chapter 20 this is important as God says to us in verse 12 To honour your father and mother so that you may live long in the land your God is giving you. This is an important thing. It was Augustine who said, one of the early church fathers, zeroes in on the particular responsibility of the fifth commandment. to children of different ages, of course. Saying, notably, if anyone fails to honour his parents, is there anyone he will spare? It's a good question. So, when we're asking the question... Uh, how are we doing as we look in the mirror of this fifth commandment are we doing well have we kept it to the letter of the law are we are we free from any guilt or shame or anything in this or have we fallen short well we need to ask some diagnostic questions I suppose and have for us just four points four ways in which which we truly keep the fifth commandment by honoring our father and our mother so let's start with number one honor honor is displayed in deference and what we're talking about here is genuine respect that's, that's where it all starts that's what it means to honor your father and mother the, the, the Hebrew word used for honor is kaved which basically means uh, weighty or heavy and it's similar to the word that's used to describe God's glory and the weightiness of his majesty So you are to give kind of due weight to your parents. It's not an issue to do with their girth or their body mass index. It is to do with respect and respect alone. This is what we as children are to give to parents. To honour them, to respect them. We often hear this, this little phrase, you know, Oh, I know some children who don't have one ounce of respect for their parents in terms of acknowledging their authority and honoring them but the truth of the matter according to God's word is that we shouldn't have an ounce of respect we should have tons of respect for our parents it's to esteem them to value them to adore them to prize fathers and mothers as gifts from God indeed the honor we are to give to our parents is supposed to reflect that honor that we have for God This becomes a bit of a problem, of course, nowadays. And we have, in relation to the children, what is called the childhood divorce mentality, where children seem to be in such a position of ascendancy in our culture, be that in schools or in streets or in home, they increasingly possess all kinds of rights and decision-making authority, sometimes indeed wresting that authority away from parents, sometimes indeed given to them by our government. Um, in in the name of political correctness. But in the home, children who take authority by, by that, uh, which God has delegated indeed to their parents by saying, you know, I don't care what you say, mum or dad, who do you think you are to tell me what to do? I'm old enough to make these decisions for myself, so I'll do it anyway. And in so doing, Demonstrate disrespect, dishonour their father, and mother, and break the fifth commandment. It's the way kids are involved in this. But God desires for all children to honor their parents, meaning we don't mock them either to their face, behind their backs, we don't speak unkindly about them. Simple ways we pay attention to them, look at them when they're talking to us. We respect the fact that God has made them to be an authority over us. And that God is working on their obedience, of course, as much as our own. But even if they do get things wrong at times, and parents do, we know that. In our society, we see that with great sadness. But this is no license for us for disrespect. Perhaps it's more an opportunity for us to be forgiving. So the first thing we see... That honor is displayed in deference. By the giving of genuine respect. The second thing we see is that honor is displayed in affection. Honor is displayed in affection. In other words, honor your father and mother by pouring out your affection on them. Let them know how much you love them. And seek to cultivate these healthy relationships, realistic relationships, biblical relationships where love covers over one another's imperfections, even to the extent of bearing with one another's quirks and ideas. Already I can sense that these first two points, well, number three has come up first, but put up, just put up all four, I don't mind. Go for it. That was my fault in my planning of that. There you go. Don't read ahead all you're doing it all so far I, I, I can sense it I can't sense it anymore because you're all just laughing at that Um this grates on us slightly doesn't it? in a sense because I've mentioned the disobedience of children but I've also I've not necessarily mentioned the feelings of parents in a larger sense and we appreciate how how difficult it can be to show respect and to adore and show love to parents who have been neglectful of their responsibilities over us. Some of us, we, we are, we're on different sides of the spectrum here. Uh, we're on a different side of the spectrum in my own family. I appreciate that my wife, Catherine, her parents, lovely Christian parents, have, have demonstrated for us such gracious parental care. Incredible. Really, has it blew me away when I first became a Christian. Absolutely blew me away. Their love and their affection, their care and their consideration for their children. I've come from a family where that's not necessarily been the case. We have not been taught well. Selfish desires have taken over in my family and other things have been valued more than the family unit together and that's sad I've personally found it very difficult in the past to honour father, my father in respect of his alcoholism and his blatant disregard for our family even for the times when things became so intense that they ripped our family to shreds it's not easy to show respect in those times not easy to adore and when I became a Christian one of the things I really had to repent of and confess before God were were my thoughts and intentions towards my father I could have killed him but how gracious God is in restoring the relationship I have with my father and though he is not yet a Christian he is recovering indeed from his alcoholism and we are restored in our relationship. I say that just to let you know, I'm not being unrealistic about this. I'm trying to present before us exactly what God expects of us. So that no matter what anyone else is doing to us. Or no matter how another person is sinning against us. Actually, essentially when God holds us to account. We're even held to account for how we react to some of these more difficult stimuli in life. So I hope you appreciate I'm not being blinkered as I'm presenting this. We know what it's like to be able to adore our parents who have loved us and set their affection on us. Nothing is too hard for some of them. The sacrifice that they have gone to 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 bless our lives. I see this in my own wife in relation to our daughter Sarah. I am... I'm bowled over by her sacrifice. Uh, I, and that just cultivates more my respect, my honor, my love for her. And I'm sure it will for Sarah. But of course we see, we experience those difficulties where it's hard to apportion and offer our love. As a, wee, a, a slight aside for those of you who do struggle in those, that regard, you understand God speaks of himself in the Bible as the Father to the fatherless, as the one who is our true parent in the faith, that though our parents sometimes fail us, maybe often fail us, because they too are fallen and sinners, sinful like us, that God is our one true Father, and He is the one that we look to for gracious and kind provision and perfect, perfect love as he has demonstrated in Jesus Christ maybe it's a moment for parents to say if you're not particularly good at winning the respect of your kids or in demonstrating your affection for them maybe for dads who are working hard I don't know place yourself in this situation I've met dads before who've just said oh I provide well maybe it's just not provision is extremely important but maybe it's just as much about affection as it is provision so the call for us is to demonstrate honour for our father and our mother in deference and obedience uh, deference and affection and certainly in obedience as well you'll know you're keeping the fifth commandment if you are Indeed, doing what your parents tell you to do. I appreciate this is a really bad time for our children to be off in their scout camps. <laughs> normally I'd be looking up here and round about, but hey, this is not just for our teenagers and pre-teens at all. We're talking about genuine obedience, of course, uh, particularly for those who are still within that special care in, in the family home. Real obedience, of course, is not dependent upon your attitude or your acknowledgement of the it, it, it is dependent of the God-given authority of your parents and Proverbs 6 and 23 tells us that the commands of our parents are, are to be a lamp this teaching would be a light and the corrections of discipline those are the way to life it's interesting that, isn't it? we often think they're the way to death you know, why are you telling me to do this? it's not fair you know but these are the way to life and this is what's in a sense i believe behind the promise in exodus chapter 12 where it says honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land your god has given you it's an issue to say they ha- if they have truly good intentions for you this is going to go well with you things are going to be well ordered in your family life things are going to be well o- ordered as those principles project out into society I was reminded as I, I thought about that promise of long life of a of a wee boy who was on his way home uh, and at church they had they had celebrated the 98th birthday of an old lady in the church and and the little boy when he was going home in the car just said dad that mrs Gregg, she must have really honored her father and mother she was 98 she lived long now I think the application of, of that promise should certainly be considered in a more general proverbial way not to diminish or The promise negates instruction whatsoever. But we understand simply on the account of the fact that that there are plenty of, just as there are plenty of obedient children who have lived as long as a 98-year-old lady in our illustration, there are plenty of disobedient children who have actually lived longer. It doesn't invalidate the principle. The principle remains true. But rather than being a promise to individuals, it's that general promise of that family stability, that social stability, that can be gained through sure and certain honor and respect. I love Proverbs. I love the way it's just so practical. I love the way, for, for instance, in Proverbs 6, we hear a father speak to his son, my son. Keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Essentially, that's a command to walk in obedience. Bind them upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you when you sleep they will watch over you when you awake they will speak to you it's incredible now in the matter of obedience there's always someone who who kind of thinks okay if i'm if i'm called to be obedient to my parents and they call me to do something which which is sinful you know should i do that you know am i in some kind of catch 22 situation i don't want to disobey my parents but i don't want to do something sinful and disobey god I would say you don't obey them. I think the obedience to our parents is always within the guiding instruction of God, his truth and his righteousness. You are overall fundamentally accountable to him. And of course, I I think we see this worked out in some... Uh, simple ways in scripture in Acts chapter 4 in particular Peter and John have been going around telling everybody about Jesus and about how he died on the cross for their sins and that people should confess their sin and believe in him and receive new life eternal life and the religious leaders of the day call him in and say now I don't want you to say this anymore and Peter's response is very simple judge for yourself whether it's better for me to obey you or obey God and as they go out they rejoice and they tell lots of people about Jesus and about how he died for their sins and how they should confess and so on so we don't in any sense bow to uh, the, the requirements uh, the the requests of our parents if they are asking us to be sinful but it's important that if you are going to do that if you're going to say no to something they command you to do which is sinful then there there has to be that respect and there has to be affection in response there has to be humble response indeed to win over your parents and help them to see your respect by your response I I remember up in St Andrews a student who had become a Christian and was told by her parents uh, you're no longer allowed to go to church if we catch you with a Bible you're in trouble uh, and she came to us. I mean, actually, uh, she came, <laughs> someone came into the church to tell me, this person's outside and wants to see you. She's standing at the threshold of the door. I mean, literally, they had said, if you cross the threshold of a church, you're in trouble. We're actually going to stop your allowance and you're coming out of university. So they were threatening the poor girl. And I went and spoke to her and, and it was just clear of her heart. She didn't want to disobey her parents, but she didn't, She definitely wanted to come to church. She did not want to break the commandment she wanted to honor her father in heaven and it was wonderful just to see the impact this girl had in in their lives by saying mom dad I have no desire to disobey you whatsoever but humbly I have to say Jesus is my life I have nothing apart from him and I have no desire to disobey you whatsoever but on this occasion you have to know that this is what I'm going to do. That's a winsome, respectful way to go about getting through that situation if we are called upon by our parents to do something which indeed is sinful. All that to say we can honour our parents through humble submission and obedience. Fourthly, honour displayed in endurance. In continuing care. In other words, you can know you're honouring your father and mother when you respect, when you respect your affection, appreciation of your uh, and of of their wisdom. Even though you move out of the house, continues and carries on. Indeed, I believe one of the greatest marks of an honourable son or daughter is when parents require some extra love and care of their own maybe on later on in years maybe when facing an illness or grief or some other kind of difficulty the call of this commandment is to honor our parents always there is no age limit on this we're not to do what the pharisees were doing in other words in Matthew 15 trying excusing themselves from the responsibility to honor their parents by their religious claptrap to trying to worm their way out of this responsibility because for them it meant spending money. Jesus was saying to them, you nullify the word of God for the sake of you tra- your tradition. You are hypocrites. He could say that because if they really valued and kept God's law as they said they did, they would honor their parents. And Paul sets a good example for us when he writes to Timothy in this as well. When he's talking about widows uh, when, and the care of widows, he's saying if they've got any children or grandchildren, let them take care of them. Let them take care of them. I often feel people in other cultures are better at, than the, better at this than we are. Um, I was in Rwanda in 2000 on mission, and uh, we had a, I stayed with a, a, a local family there uh, for all my time, and it was incredible just to see the care that they offered for the senior citizens, the senior members of their family. I mean, there was, there was from the youngest of you know nine months old all the way through to this this old lady uh uh, this old grandmother who who served in the family what respect they showed i think we see that in many ways but i've also seen from my own experience of working in a hospital in dundee before going into ministry children of various ages just looking disappointed when i've told them that their elderly parents weren't fit for discharge and they needed some special care It's dreadful, it's heart-wrenching to see some of their reactions. Parents who had sacrificed so much in their care for them, obviously just becoming a burden. Well, that's dishonouring to parents and ungrateful in a sense, and I pray that that won't be us. So there's a general summary for us, some questions to consider when we think that honour is displayed in deference and genuine respect. In obedience, with humble submission. In affection, with obvious love. And endurance, with continuing care. Now that is the mirror that we've looked into. And in that lies the great value of the fifth commandment for our families. But of course, when we look into that, I don't know about you, but I certainly see it each of those four points away in which I fall short. We are, by our nature, inclined towards lawlessness. Lawlessness. I came across this picture of a bird which I thought was quite humorous <laughs> I mean isn't that exactly what our hearts do? <laughs> I know that's not what the sign means it probably, yeah, it probably means don't shoot birds or don't drive over birds or something like that but this seagull's just been really cocky no birds allowed that's the inclination of our hearts friends when it comes to these commandments you know we're lawbreakers we fall short we don't reach the perfection that God has set for us and and demands of us by his holy and perfect justice and that creates trouble for us for when we fall short of his glorious standard we are deserving of penalty and that penalty for all is death it's being held to account for these things but here's the good news to all who have broken this fifth commandment. We need to hear that God loves those who dishonor their parents. That God sent his son to die for those who dishonor their parents. That Jesus receives those who dishonor their parents. So those who dishonor their parents, what must they do? The answer is the same tonight and every other day. It's repent. It's confess your sin and acknowledge before him where you have fallen short and turn to him in faith knowing that when you turn to him in genuine faith in believing in him and understanding what Christ has done for us by dying on the cross for our sins that he does not look over your head with an unfriendly indifference nor does he frown on you ready to condemn you but as you have turned to him in faith pleading the blood of Jesus Christ you are received into the arms of a welcoming father and I pray you would see him like that tonight and that you would come to him in that way. For this is what he's done for us in Christ in relation to our sin in this area, this fifth commandment, and in all other areas of life. You could say that by our sin and the accumulation of that sin, as one preacher has described it, God's anger and wrath, or his deserved penalty is in a sense behind a dam we're 100 yards away from it it's 10,000 miles high 10,000 miles wide the dam breaks the water absolutely rushes towards you and just before it reaches you a hole at your feet opens up swallows all the water leaving you safe and dry that is exactly what Christ has done for us by dying on the cross for our sins he has taken absorbed into himself as he died on that cross and shed his blood the full penalty of God's wrath that was due for us for breaking the fifth commandment and every other commandment and committing every other sin that we commit in our lives and he paid the price for us so that we might know him, so that we might be freed to know him and to love him, and so that we might be given new life. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And the call for each and every one of us is to believe in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and to understand what he has done for us by his death and to put our trust in him, thank him, for paying the penalty for our breach of every commandment so why don't you join me in prayer just now, just in the quietness of the moment, I would just encourage you to pray to God the Father